Because of the way that our world is today with women's rights, being careful to look out for ourselves and the desire to be independent, some women can be afraid of following that calling of being a submissive wife. They feel that by doing so means that they are less worthy in some way. Some wives fear that they will lose their identity as an individual, become some sort of slave to their husband, or to merely live in his shadow. But ladies, the exact opposite is true. So today we're ending all of those fears as we take a look at how being a submissive wife and following our God-given roles and responsibilities is not only a part of who we are in Christ, but it gives us direction and purpose and brings us joy and blessings. Let's get started. Welcome to the Faith Lived Out podcast. Are you wanting a loving Christian marriage but are unsure what that looks like or how to get it? Do you have fears about becoming a submissive wife, afraid that you'll lose your identity or become a doormat? Do you have thoughts that maybe you're doing this whole wife and marriage thing all wrong and you want to know how to do it right, to stop worrying all the time and to learn how to truly put your faith and trust in the Lord? Hey girl, I'm Nancy Adamson, wife, mom, and Grammy to seven sweet babies, Christian mentor, Bible teacher, speaker, and women's ministry leader. I see you and I get you because I've been there and I'm here to share with you what God has taught me on how to have a loving biblical marriage and what the true meaning of being a submissive wife really looks like. We'll also chat about how to find wisdom and truth for life's challenging questions in His Word, how to apply God's truth to our lives, and to put the cares and concerns that are on your heart safely in the Father's hands. So if you're ready to learn how to live out your faith every day and follow the amazing plan that God has for your marriage, grab your coffee, pull up a chair next to mine, and let's get started. I get why some women are afraid of the concept of being a submissive wife. It is one of the most commonly misunderstood biblical principles in scripture. From the outside looking in, it appears that being under the authority of your husband means that he is in charge, that you have no say in anything, you can't live your own life, pursue your own dreams, you're just there to serve him, and that your life will only consists of cooking, cleaning, doing laundry, taking care of the kids, and taking care of his needs, that you will no longer be your own person, but be a shadow of yourself as you serve others. And ladies, this is so far from the truth. We will see today that as believers, we are daughters of the King. Our identity is about who we are in Christ and in living out our roles and responsibilities that have been laid out for us in Scripture. Being a submissive wife is just a part of this, but it's not the whole picture. So let's start with a brief synopsis of what it truly means to be a submissive wife. Now, if you want the full picture of this and what it looks like in your daily life, then you're going to want to go and check out episode number 17, which is entitled A Submissive Wife, What It Means and How to Be One. I'll put a link for you in the show notes so that you can go check it out later. The short version of this is our God is a God of order. 
We see this in the Trinity that God the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, they are all one, but yet both Jesus and the Holy Spirit submit to the Father's will. And we must have that same kind of order in our world, in our churches, and in our families. Otherwise, we're going to have chaos. In God's order for the family, the husband is the head of the household, and the wife is under his authority and his protection. In Ephesians 5, verses 22 through 24, we read this, Wives, be submissive to your own husbands as unto the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, just as Christ is the head and Savior of the church, which is his body. But as the church submits to Christ, so also let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. As believers, we submit to Christ and his will for our lives. And as wives, we also submit to our husbands in the same way. As I said, Jesus submitted to the Father's will. He did not do his own will, but did the will of the Father, what he had called him to do, even to the point of death on the cross. And this is our calling as a Christian wife. What does being a submissive wife look like in our daily lives? Well, it means putting your husband and his desires before your own. And if you know that there's something that he doesn't want you to do, then just don't do it. And if there's something that you know that he does want you to do, he wants you to take care of it for him, then make it a priority, handle it, and do it well. And this is actually what we're to do with all believers, but especially for our husbands. And then ask his opinion and be sure that you are on the same page before you make any major changes or major purchases. If your husband says that you can do it, but he thinks it's a bad idea, then you're not really on the same page. And if you're not in agreement, then whatever it is that you're wanting to do is not of God. God is not going to tell you to do one thing and tell your husband to do something else. So wait, continuing in prayer before moving forward. And this is just one of the things that God uses to help us know whether we are following his will or whether we're going off on our own in something. It is not that as wives that we don't have any say in any matters. Our opinions are important. As women, we think differently, and we can give our husbands a different perspective on things. Whenever the opportunity arises, we should be sharing with our husbands our thoughts and ideas and doing so in a calm, respectful manner. We seem to have this idea that we need to fight against our husbands and that we need to make sure that we get our own way when really we should be looking at this and that we're a team, we're doing this together and we're doing it for the good of each other and for what's best for our family. Not long ago, my husband was asked what was the one thing that he liked most about his wife. I honestly had no idea what his response was going to be, so I listened a bit intently and he said this, it was how I talk to him and give him a different perspective on things, usually a more positive perspective than what he has in the situation, but how I help to come up with solutions to problems for him and encourage him with positive feedback. One of the things that I want to make very clear, though, is that it is your husband who makes the final decision in any decisions that are happening within your household. Being a submissive wife does not include arguing, pouting, or giving him the silent treatment because you disagree with him or because you didn't get your way. We are to have a gentle and quiet spirit in that. And if you're not familiar with the biblical principles of marriage and that 
A husband is to love his wife as Christ loves the church, and a wife is to see that she respects her husband. Then you may be thinking that all of this sounds a bit one-sided and that maybe your fears are warranted. However, with authority comes responsibility. Your husband is responsible to God for both your physical and your spiritual well-being. He will answer to God for how well he did with this when he is at the judgment seat of Christ. So we're not only under his authority, but also his protection. And we would do well to honor this with that gentle and quiet spirit that God has given us. God has also given each of us roles and responsibilities as believers, as husbands and as wives, as individuals. As we look at these roles, we begin to see what the whole picture is of our identity and who we are in Christ. So first, let's look at what our role and responsibility is as a believer. Ladies, you are a daughter of the King, a daughter of the Most High God and heir to the throne. You are loved by a sovereign Lord who has a plan and a purpose for your life. Someone who was always with you and helping you and directing your steps and taking you where it is that he wants you to go. In Romans 8, 14 through 17, we find, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. We have been adopted into God's family, and he is now our Abba Father, which means our daddy. We can go to him for everything and anything, and we do not need to live in any kind of fear because we are children of God. And then 1 Peter 2, 9 tells us, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into this marvelous light. God chose you to be his daughter. He pulled you out of the darkness of this world and into his marvelous light. He loves you and desires to bless you and to train you up in righteousness to provide for you all the things that a loving father would want for his daughter. And then you are equal heirs with your husband. 1 Peter 3, 7 tells us, Husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as the weaker vessel, as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. The term weaker vessel here, it's not in any way like a derogatory term towards women. We are different than men. That is how God created us. He made us different because we have different roles and responsibilities. And and that's okay. It's okay to be different than your husband. We don't have to strive to be like them. We don't have to strive for all of this equality that some women want to have and all this independence that some women want to have. We have our own roles and responsibilities within our marriages and within the body of Christ. There is no reason to think of ourselves as lowly or that God is calling us to live in somehow the shadow of our husbands. As people, as children of God, we are equal heirs of the grace of life with our husbands. God does not show any kind of partiality. 
We are all his children and all his heirs together. As such, we also have certain responsibilities, one of those being what our relationship is with Christ. It is our responsibility in growing and to becoming more like Jesus. A part of our husband's responsibility is for the physical and spiritual growth and well-being of his wife. It is his responsibility to God for this. However, that doesn't mean that we're not responsible for our own spiritual growth. No matter what your husband does or doesn't do, no matter what his relationship is with the Lord, as a believer, you are to continue to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Ephesians 4, 14 and 15 shows us that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. This is the commandment that God has given to you, his child, that you would make learning his word, following the biblical principles that are laid out for you in scripture, a priority in your life that you would take the time to have a true relationship with the Lord, being in fellowship with Him. This means attending church, going to Sunday school, attending a Bible study. It means being in prayer with God on a regular basis, seeking His guidance and His direction for your life, learning what it is to be a godly wife and doing all that you can to become the wife and the mom that He has called you to be. Our relationship with the Lord is no way dependent on our husbands. In Romans 14, 12, we read, So then each of us shall give an account of himself to God. So in the same way that our husbands are going to give an account for their role as having authority and providing protection for us, we are also going to give an account for ourselves and what we did to build our relationship with Jesus Christ. Another responsibility that we have as as a believer is to serve in ministry. Romans 12, 6 through 8 says, Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in, in proportion to our faith. In ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. As a member of the body of Christ, we are each given spiritual gifts and talents to be used in ministering to others. It can be in teaching or helping others grow in the Lord. This can include serving in ministries like Children's Church or in Awanas, in areas of hospitality, in hosting events at your home, or in having somebody over for a meal. It can be in helping others in sharing of your finances or your possessions. Whatever it is that God has called you to do and how he has called you to serve, there are a number of ways that we can serve the body in Christ. And how we do this right now may look differently in five or 10 years as we go into different seasons of our lives. And that's fine. It doesn't have to be the same all the time. Just as long as we are continuing to minister and to serve others, as long as we are on this side of heaven. We have a separate set of roles and responsibilities as women and as wives. We've already talked about our role as a submissive wife, but in Titus 2, 3 through 5, it gives us a few insights as to what our character and our conduct as women and as wives should be. It says this, the older women likewise, that they be reverent in behavior, 
not slanderers, not given much wine, teachers of good things, that they admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. We are to be in control of our speech and our actions, not saying or doing anything that we're going to regret later, but that we are reverent, kind, and encouraging in both word and deed. We are to be discreet and chaste, not airing our business and certainly not our husband's faults to others, to dress modestly, not that we you know, have to be boring and be covered from head to toe or anything like that. And if you're like me, you like to look nice and you like to wear something that is you know, somewhat fashionable and, and do that. Go for it. Just be smart about it. Choose items that are going to be a bit more respectful and less revealing. In Titus 2, it also said that we are to be homemakers. We are responsible for our household. This is our domain and we need to own it and do it well. And having a clean and peaceful home, see to it that your home runs smoothly, that the needs are met in your home. Dinner is ready. Laundry is done. The house is clean. All of those kinds of things. If we stay at home and our husband works all day, then when he comes home from work, our home should be clean and peaceful. Dinner should be made. This is our job. This is our responsibility as a wife. Do all that you can to go above and beyond in this area, maybe even mowing the lawn or taking out the trash. Those things that the guys normally do. But if you're a stay-at-home mom and you can take care of some of these things, do it for them. It is these kinds of things that speak volumes to our husband and helps in building the loving relationship that you want to have. When we're home all day, taking care of the house, and if we have kids, taking care of the kids, it can be easy to become distracted by those things that are unproductive. In Proverbs 31, we read, She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. So take a look at your day. Are things not getting done because at the end of your day, you find that you have spent your time with unnecessary activities like scrolling through Facebook or looking at YouTube videos, or maybe you're watching TV or chatting on the phone with friends, and then all of a sudden the day is gone. Your husband's about to come home. The house is a mess. You have no idea what you're going to have for dinner, and you're just trying to figure that out. Is that the way that your day looks like sometimes? Make running your household and doing it well the priority over the other non-productive things in your life. Also know that it's perfectly fine to have help in this. If your kids are old enough, then give them chores to do around the house and have them help you keep it clean and to get things done. Teach them how to cook. Let them be in charge of dinner maybe one or two nights a week. Teach them how to do their own laundry. If you're busy and you're working inside or outside the home or working in some kind of ministry, maybe look at hiring a house cleaner. For probably at least half of my married life, I've had a house cleaner. I've had them come once every two weeks and not only frees up my time, but it is so super helpful and satisfying to have my entire house clean at one time. My husband and I have taken a look at this and that, you know, anyone can clean my house, but my time is better spent in taking care of our children, taking care of their needs, my husband's needs, and then working in our business. If you have children, then another responsibility is the care and education of your kids. 
obviously their physical needs, but also their educational and spiritual needs as well. Many of you are very aware of this because you are homeschooling your children. For those that have their kids in public school, please be aware of what they are being taught and how they are doing and if they need help. Unfortunately, there are those in our society today that are using what is being taught in schools to push their own agendas. We need to be aware more than ever before of what our children are learning. It's no longer only about reading, writing, arithmetic, and life skills, such as, you know, home ec or shop class, but kids are also being forced to learn social acceptances that fly in the face of God's word and are completely unbiblical. As moms, parents, and even grandparents, it is our job to make sure that they know the truth. Proverbs 22 tells us to train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. This doesn't just happen. We have to make an effort and a plan in teaching our children about the word of God. When we do our God-given responsibilities well and take care of our homes, then we will see Proverbs 31, 28 fulfilled in our lives. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, he praises her. Lastly is our role and responsibilities as an individual. Being a godly submissive wife doesn't mean that you can't pursue your own interest or have some kind of a career. As women, we can get so wrapped up in our role and responsibility as a wife or as a mom and always taking care of the needs of others that we set aside our own personal interest. Those things that we like to do because they bring us a sense of joy or satisfaction. As commendable as this may seem, it can actually cause problems later on down the road. If we immerse ourselves totally into our home and our family, two things can happen. First, we tend to do everything for our children making it so that they don't have an opportunity to learn how to cook or to do their own laundry or to handle their own finances or be responsible for themselves. These are all life lessons that every kid needs to know, preferably before they leave your house. This also aids them in giving them a sense that life is not all about them and what they need. The second problem that this can cause is that one day your kids are going to leave the home. And they're going to go out and they're going to go live their own lives. And now that it's just you and your husband, you're left feeling a bit empty and lost and wondering, what do I do now? I believe that it is actually healthier for us and our children to pursue some of our own interest while we are raising our kids. It gives us an opportunity to break away from the demands of our home life for just a little bit. And teaches our children that, you know, life is not all about you. Mom has a life too, and she has things that she needs to get done. Even the coveted Proverbs 31 woman had some of her own interest and worked outside the home. In Proverbs 31, 22, it tells us, She extends her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches out her hands to the needy. And then in verse 22, it says, She makes tapestry for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. This shows us that she sewed clothes and other things for herself and was involved in meeting the needs of her community. One of the things that I love to do is garden, and my husband loves to see me do this because it knows that it brings me joy. So then this begs the question, are you pursuing any personal interest? 
maybe participating in a hobby or a sport or some kind of an organ organization. The hobby could be quilting or gardening like what I like to do. Or maybe you enjoy some kind of art and going to an art gallery or in painting and drawing for yourself. Or maybe you're more active and like sports, a team sport or hiking, bicycling, you know, going for a run, whatever the case may be, or to be involved in an organization, helping those who are in need, or maybe a political organization, volunteering somewhere and giving back to the community. Have you thought about maybe pursuing a career? Do you know that being a godly submissive wife also doesn't mean that you can't pursue your own business or have a career? Let's look again at the Proverbs 31 woman. In verse 16, it says, She considers a field and buys it. From her profit, she plants a vineyard. And then in 24, she makes linen garments and sells them and supplies sashes for the merchants. She is a businesswoman and that she buys a field and plants a vineyard and she sells the clothes that she makes. Do you have thoughts and desires of maybe starting a, some kind of a business or and making a little extra cash from working for someone? If you feel that God is leading you to start something new, whether it be in ministry, something with your children, or to start some kind of new business or new career, then pray over it. Pray for God to lead you in this, to open the doors needed for you to be able to pursue it or to close the doors if this is not of him. Allow him to direct your steps. We are still to be submissive to our husbands in this, so we need to discuss it with them. If he doesn't agree with your thoughts on this, then pray. Don't get upset. Don't get angry. Just pray. Pray for God to change either your heart or your husband's heart, to put you both on the same page. If this is truly something that God wants you to pursue, then he will either change your husband's heart and open the doors for you to do it. Or if it's not, then he won't. There is nothing and no one that is going to stop the will of God. If he has called you to serve him or to serve others, trust him and be in prayer with the thought that maybe it's your heart that needs changing. And that's why your husband is saying no. Don't dig in your heels but be open to what God has for you. It may be something different that God has, or maybe it's the same thing, but God just isn't ready for you to do it yet. He wants you to do it a little bit later down the road. God sees the whole picture and he has a perfect plan for your life. He has created you personally, what your own set of gifts and talents are and how he wants you to use them for his service. You're not just a submissive wife but a daughter of the king with certain roles and responsibilities to, to carry out. Do them well. Do each of them as unto the Lord with a grateful heart for who you are in Christ. The last verse of Proverbs 31 reads, Give her the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. May this be said of you as well. Thank you so much for listening today. I pray that God has used this episode to bless and inspire you to live out your faith in Him. If it has, please do me a huge favor by leaving a review on Apple Podcast. This is the only way that I know if you like the show and you will be helping others to find this podcast and be lifted up by the Word of God. Is there someone who came to mind while you were listening today and you said, Ooh, she needs to hear this. Well, then send her the link so she can be encouraged too. 
Are you in the Dallas area and looking for a fresh new speaker to add excitement to your next luncheon, women's retreat, or other women's event? Then drop me a note at nancy at faithlivedout.com and let's chat about it. That's nancy, N-A-N-C-I, at faithlivedout.com. I would love to come and meet with you and the ladies in your group. You're also welcome to visit the website at faithlivedout.com for more information, blog posts, journaling ideas, and free printables. Or become a part of our little community of believers by joining the Faith Lived Out community group on Facebook, where you can join together with other faith-led wives and moms just like you. Links to these areas and the scripture references used in today's episode are in the show notes. Ladies, thank you again for listening today. And know that I am praying for God to be with you as you learn to trust in Him more and to live out your faith every day. God bless you and see you on the next episode.